This is Valley Watch on Arizona's news station, KTAR News 92.3 FM. Hello and welcome to Valley Watch, a show that's brought to you by our good friends at Bonneville Broadcasting. We are coming to you from the KTR studios in not really downtown Phoenix, central, north Phoenix. Maybe it's an undisclosed location. I won't give that out on the air. Uh, that laughing you hear, of course, is my host, Allie Party. Allie, how are you? Wonderful. Thank you. And I am uh, Captain Rob McDay with the Phoenix Fire Department. I am in our public affairs uh, bureau. I am a public information officer. I wear a few hats. Just a few. In my duties. To say uh, it nicely. <laughs> yes. But this is a show that uh, is brought to you every week by Bonneville Broadcasting to really highlight public safety here in the Valley uh, and how the Phoenix Fire Department, sometimes we like to have guests on from their agencies, but today we have somebody that works in our building and she's been with us for a long time. <laughs> and she's assistant. Now let me get your deputy Fire Marshal. Correct. Got it. Yes? Yes. Okay. Cindy Staub is here. Cindy, welcome. Thank you. I'm happy to be here. Mm-hmm. Why don't we start a little bit with um, your title? We got that. And then how long you've been with the fire department? And then maybe a little bit about yourself. Did you grow up in the valley and all that? Okay. So um, I've been with the city for about 10 to 12 years, somewhere in between there. I did take a little break. Um, I actually became a nurse in the middle of wow. all that stuff. Um, <laughs> but then I came back because I love the job. Um, and I grew up in the Valley, and I'm just happy to be a part of a department that I, you know, serves the community that, that I grew up with. So Awesome. So Cindy works in a uh, section. It's fire prevention mm-hmm. and a lot of duties. And just for scope of what their unit does or their shop... Fire Admin is a big two-story building downtown, and you guys take up half of the bottom floor. That's how many folks are in there. Yes. Tell us a little bit about uh, fire prevention. We like to say that the Phoenix Fire Department is a preventative, not a reactive fire department, right? So we want to get out. We We like to have the emergencies not happen, right? Exactly. Talk a little bit about what fire prevention does. So we're the little less glamorous side of it. Like if nothing happens, then we did our jobs right, right? Like you don't hear about they're like, oh, the fire got put out by the sprinkler. It's always the big ones that you hear about that that didn't have the fire protection systems in place, which is really big for us. We want to make sure that um, when we go into a building that they, if they have fire protection systems, that they're working properly. And these new construction buildings that we're doing downtown and everything, all of those are requiring um, full-fledged fire protection system, fire alarm, fire sprinklers, uh, it, can they get out of the building, the evacuation mm-hmm. that we need for it and everything. So, Well, and like Rob talked about, being very proactive in a lot of the measures in the fire department, knowing that that's a huge priority. And I think, you know, to give it that, you know, community perspective is you, I see them all the time. Obviously, I work with the fire department now. But when you're downtown or anywhere in the city, you see these cool red pickup trucks. And they say the Phoenix Fire Department on them. You guys have lights. Mm-hmm. But it's out there, and you're in the community ensuring that you know safety is the top priority. I know a couple years ago, when I was still working in news, we did a really cool story together about the 13th, uh, 13th floor story mm-hmm. with the haunted house. You wouldn't think about that needing mm-hmm. of a fire prevention aspect, but think about being in a haunted house, there's not a lot of exits. No. There's it's dark in I'm there. I'm not a fan. Not to interrupt you. <laughs> yeah. I'm not a fan of the being claustrophobic, no. dark people jumping <laughs> and, out at me. And it's a but, perfect storm for a fire. Like right. think about all the smoke detectors and the tripping hazards and this and that. And so it's so cool to see that fire prevention kind of aspect in that. 
And what were, and that was you were making sure that what there was exits that if lights needed to come on right for if something were to happen mm-hmm. the 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 charade of these spooky haunted house needed to go away and people needed to have a way out exactly so there's there's certain requirements that are uh, required for a special amusement building which is what that falls under so there's going to be things like you have to have a fire sprinkler fi- uh, system you have to have a fire alarm system a shunt trip that will all that fun spooky stuff that you see immediately comes down and a messaging that comes across that says there's an emergency in the building please evacuate all the characters have been trained on how to get people out of there is there enough emergency lighting that comes on that you can see your way out and then is there enough access to get you out of that building as well that means of egress is clear when i think about uh fire prevention uh pretty most notably we had a historic fire over the summer freeman fire Mm -hmm. six alarm Mm -hmm. um and at the end of the day Fire prevention played a big role in the aftermath of that, of did they have permits, you know, was it protected? We won't go into Freeman specifically, but your shop uh, recognized other similar facilities. Yes. And you went out there to make sure this doesn't happen. My question is, first of all, you do a great job. Thank you. That's a heavy lift. We it have a lot, of those a lot of those similar type recycling plants. Mm-hmm. What is the reception normally when you get there and you've got owners and so forth and you're like, Here's the people that are going to make sure you you dot the I's and cross the T's. Um, sure. How do you deal with that? Because I'm sure you're not the most favorite people when you show up. We're not. Um, usually, unless you called us to go out there when we show up, it's it's going to end up costing somebody a little bit of money, like at the end of the day is what mm-hmm. it boils down to. So a lot of what we do is education, public education. Like people don't know. So many times you go into a building and nobody notices that there's a sprinkler system in there. Yeah. Nobody knows that it hasn't been serviced in six years and there's mm-hmm. a million things wrong with it. But that's the one thing that's going to get you out safe from that building. Yeah. So it's... Being able to explain it and educate them and tell them, hey, this is why we do this, typically after they understand the why, then they're far more likely to comply. Absolutely. I mean, I look at it as like, of course, you know, being proactive, just as much as you don't want to get oil changes on your car, it costs you money, it's inconvenient. <laughs> but, but at the end of the day, if that's going to keep your engine running and safe, mm-hmm. that, then it's it's good in the long run. I think about it, it's like my mom's a small business owner in Phoenix and, you know, having that those couple fees, whatever, in the longevity of a building, it's going to protect you and keep your residents and all that stuff safe. So, you know, maybe they're not super happy at first, but I'm sure <laughs> when their building is safe, they're happy at the end of the day. Exactly. And and it's something you take with you, too. Like, when you go out to like, even when you go out to dinner, like you will typically see, it's a bad habit, but all of us fire inspectors will look around and you're like looking, okay, where's the closest exit? And oh, they yeah. Have sprinklers. <laughs> exactly. And, and if you go to a big venue, you kind of like go, oh, look, that's an emergency exit. <laughs> Accidentally bump it with your hip and you're like, yeah. look at works. <laughs> That's oh really gosh. funny that you mentioned that because anytime I would go on vacations with my family and we would be on the you know mm-hmm. 12th floor of a building, I always, always tell the kids, hey, if anything happens, the exits are left coming out of our room mm-hmm. and they're at the end of the hall. So I'm guessing you must do the same oh, thing. Totally. You go to dinner and you say, hey, where, where's the uh, exits where's here? Exit? Yeah. How am I getting out of here? Mm-hmm. Well, you've also helped us on other events. <clears throat> Excuse me. So I look at Thanksgiving and mm-hmm. Uh, We look at turkey fryer prevention. We look at, hey, when is it time to put your fire or your uh, Christmas tree out on the curb? Yes. Talk about some of those events that you've helped us with. And and obviously the high profile one, I know it's only April, Mm -hmm. but soon enough it's going to be 4th of July. Firework safety, the media always has questions for us. When can you start using them? Which ones are legal? 
you're you have those answers, don't you? We do. Yeah, well, we try to get that public education out there and everything. And a lot of the stands that you see on the side of the road, those all have to be permitted. They have to come through us in order to be able to sell that product too. So we try and make that safer as well. And when it comes to, you know, we talked about the main holiday events and fire prevention, and there's a huge component that we're now working on with it's the latest and greatest. It's the top of mind for the fire chief and for public affairs, drowning prevention and water safety. And, you know, we're coming into April now. We just started the month and it's April Pools Month. Mm -hmm. And, you know, with fire prevention, it's also just prevention in general right. and talking about, you know, what car 99 does. And um, maybe, you know, I know we're speaking in this fire lingo right now. And for those listening, <laughs> you might not know what that means. But talk to us about how fire prevention plays a role in, you know, preventing drownings and, you know, increasing water safety in Phoenix. So um, all the deputy fire marshals are on call at least every third shift, maybe more, depends. <laughs> but we go out there and we get those calls that say, hey, there's a pool in the front yard that feels accessible. Crews see that stuff and see that risk and see that that potential that's there. Um, those crews then call the alarm room and they'll call what's called Car 99, which is all of us in fire prevention. So when the radio says Car 99, that's you. That's one of us, yeah, for yes. sure. So um, what we'll do is we'll get dispatched out there. And what we'll do is we'll either work with the owner to, like I can tell you, a really good example is I got called out there. Again, pool in the front yard, totally accessible. It's one of those like little bigger blow-up pools and stuff like that. But nobody thinks about the fact that, hey, any kid can come along and that could be a drowning problem. So we work with the owner and, tell, and explain it to him. Again, it's that education component of what we do. We explain to them, hey, anything with 18 inches of water that's above ground and considered a recreational pool at that point um, needs a fence around it. So we make sure we go out there and either we deflate the pool or we ask them to move it to the backyard where it's secured or we get all kinds of calls. We get calls from crews that say, hey, there's a f- we just got uh, dispatched to an accident. They went through the wall, you know, in the backyard, and now there's this big pool. It's like open to the public. Yeah. You know, how do we walk do do down a sidewalk? That? You can see into the backyard. Yeah. yeah. And now, now any other, any little kid can wander in there and get mm-hmm. in there. And, and that's where we come in. We'll make sure we either put up temporary fencing or mitigate it in the meantime, but then work with the owner to make sure that they understand that, that, that they have to secure it. So that does lead me to the thing. You have to be creative, don't you? I mean, now, now mm-hmm. all of a sudden you're hired, You're looking for. I know we have contracts with people, but you're looking for contractors. You, you mean you need to. You're there. You might be on that scene for another three, four hours. For sure. Yeah. Well, I know when it comes to the bigger ones where we're, we obviously we actually have pool fencing in our trucks and we have oh, posts and we cool. will we will build part of that fence line for you. Wow. If we have to as a temporary solution just yeah. to make sure that mm-hmm. it's secured. It's a Band-Aid kind yeah, of deal. Yeah, for sure. But then when it comes to like a pool that's completely, you know, abandoned and we can't find ownership and there's water in there. And we, we The biggest thing is we want to make sure it's secured. So if we have to call a fence company and wait on scene or whatever it is, mm-hmm. we'll, we'll do whatever we can to mitigate it. That's super cool. When I look at the growth of Phoenix every year, they say we are either first, second, or third is the fastest growing mm-hmm. city. That means there's new buildings going up. And I know that a few years ago, there was a, a look at, do we have enough personnel like to cover this, right? And we looked yes. at, hey, they were, you, your folks in that shop were juggling Six balls in the air, but you were getting it done, but you Mm -hmm. were very, it was stretching of the staff. And I know that uh, Assistant Chief um, Scott Walker, Mm -hmm. working with then Fire Chief Karen Cockbrenner, Mm -hmm. 
really looked at, we needed to get more funding. We needed to fortify it. And the city was behind us. Mm-hmm. Now when you look at it, you have a lot of new folks in your shop, don't you? We do. We are so excited. We just hired 13 new employees and we're hoping to pick up a few more. We're so excited they're a part of our team. Because like you said, we're just, I hate to say it, but we're a couple weeks behind right now just because we just sure. didn't have the staffing for it. Mm-hmm. So these brand new inspectors are coming up and we're, we're excited to get them trained and getting out there. They're just now getting out there with the other inspectors and we're happy to have them. But we owe that to the citizens, don't we? Oh, because yeah. Because these brand new buildings and, and, and mm-hmm. the fire protection that needs to be there so that they know that they're going to be safe. And that the red truck's coming when something is on fire, mm-hmm. that's the second part of it. But you're that first line of defense. For sure, yeah. There's just so much that goes into a building that people don't think about as far as safety goes. And we really get to be there from the ground up. So that's really awesome. Quite literally, the ground up. From mm-hmm. the ground up. <laughs> well, we knew the time would go fast. And there's a lot to cover. But I think uh, folks need to know it's not just the red trucks. It's the red pickup trucks mm-hmm. that are keeping us safe out there. And Cindy, we're really thankful for you being here and shedding some light on on what you do and how you keep us safe. Thank you for inviting me. And Allie, thanks for joining me as well. Of course, always. And thank you for joining us on Valley Watch, a show that is about your public safety here in the city of Phoenix. For the Phoenix Fire Department, I'm Rob McDade, and thank you to Bonneville Broadcasting and the great folks at KTAR that are always so gracious in hosting us here in their studios. Have a great rest of your day.